How we doing? FT Live, Scotty Braun, AJ Fuzinski, Eric Kraft, Jason Kipnis. How you doing, Kip? I'm doing well. Good to see you guys. It's great to see you. Very timely for you to pick a day when we have Max Scherzer joining us. So you know, <laughs> only the best me. for you. Yes. Yeah, lucky me. Yeah, kind of a big deal coming off the trade. So we'll get Max in about an hour. Ken Rosenthal in 15 minutes. Um, we'll talk to influencer Sheffield Shuffler at the end of the show. No Rowdy. Rowdy's scared of me. I'm scared of his finger. Why? Because you sent me the picture and that looked like a horror flick. Don't shag if you're fat. <laughs> <laughs> Rowdy will join us tomorrow. Double oh, header for him. On. That's perfect. Well, exactly. Double header for him um, because he's, he's, he's on rehab assignment. Games. I know, but you you can't do an FT live interview while you're in yes, the minors. Yes, he's DHing. He could do it rehab. between bats. Yeah. yeah, right. That'd be awesome. Be like, hold on, guys, I gotta go hit. You know, and we punch should punch out and he come back. We make fun of him. We could watch it live. We could mic him up. That'd be epic, by the way. For anyone, we've actually gotten a lot of inquiries lately that's wondering, foulterritoryshop.com. Some people are like, how do I get a shirt? It's very simple. So just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, it was a big day yesterday. So let's pop off. Presented by Candy Pop. Got a little M&M's action next to me. Michael Lorenzen. I think some teams might want to rethink not trading for Michael Lorenzen. <laughs> <laughs> and Kip, props to the no-hitter for him. He's at, what was it? I think one after eight, 111, was it? And ends up with 124. Some managers wouldn't let him go that deep, perhaps, no? Not always. I think uh, you're kind of getting into that sweet spot. So the season where I think everyone's arms kind of built up and about as good as it gets in terms of endurance, though. So I think if there's ever a time to really go for it, he, he picked the right spot. You got to let him go there. He's a, this yeah, isn't a young you kid. This is a veteran oh, dude. Of course. Every, I mean, this you should be fired if you're a manager and you don't let him go. Okay. So Clayton Kershaw, and he was perfect like opening day through six innings. Should, should Dave Roberts been fired for taking him out? Yeah. No, you're stupid. You're stupid. <laughs> no. you're stupid. No, been stupid. I'm saying in this situation. In this situation, though. he's a veteran guy. Yes. He was yeah. cruising. Yeah, like let him try it. This is the only shot he might ever have at throwing a no hitter, and he did it. It was all in vans, his white vans too. Those are awesome. He's begging for a new pair. There's oh, still man. enough time, too. You can give him a start off or something if you're making a playoff push or something or getting ready for the playoffs. So there's still time on the back end behind it. Yeah, and the Phillies they are They have two good. off days next week. And, but the Phillies are and also good. The Phillies are in. I mean, I think. Yeah. I mean, the Phillies The Phillies are in. There's the Vans, by the way. Which Going is to the Hall of Fame. Does he, have, does he actually have a sponsorship with them? And one of the FT fans asked me on Twitter yesterday if he's the only one that wears Vans on the field. Yes. Yes. He's the I, only one. I don't think it's a sponsorship. I think you can just send in shoes to different places and get cleats put on the bottom of them. Oh, okay. Well, they should actually make it official because they've gotten a ton of free marketing out of him over the past year, especially. His stuff went viral with us earlier this year when he was saying I was wearing Vans. And I tweeted at Vans and said, let's go straight to the source. Are they? Is he the only one wearing? And they've just been big-leaguing everyone. So, Vans. Well, they're loving it. They don't have to answer because they got a pair in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Nobody ever thought there'd be a pair of Vans in the Hall of Fame. Now there is. And good, good. listen, that was awesome. The crowd was great. The shots, and I props, mad props to the Philly camera crew, director, producer for showing his family. And they got the, they were like praying when he got down to the last out. They were like, please just, you could read their lips, one more, just one more, right? His wife, I think, and his mom right here, the shot, like, come on, please, just one more. They're like, and then Dom Smith hits his pop up, and then they, Cut to Lorenzo and they cut back to his family. They're hugging everybody. They're hugging people that even people that weren't even from Philadelphia. They're just hugging anybody they could get their hands on. It's awesome. Look, uh, the mom's like, oh my gosh, still filming. It's great though. Good for you, Michael Lorenzo. Good for the Phillies for again going and getting a guy that fit for them. And I mean, they're in the playoffs. I, I feel like they're in the playoffs. They, they they're going to get a wild card and they they could do some damage once again because they're not afraid of the Braves. Good, good karma for giving uh, Trey Turner that standing O. Absolutely, That's, they could turn six game hitting streak since yeah, then good, too. Good, good karma for them. So they this is was uh, one of their rewards. And Liam Liam Castellanos was everywhere last night. 
That dude's got Nick the freshest Sun. haircut. It is. He is definitely Every going time. to a team He is barber. lined up. <laughs> he is absolutely in the chair while you're trying to get a cut. Does he come? Uh, he's not you. Not you, but yeah, it's summertime. No, I, I mean, no it's yeah. not. My kids are in school. Not up north. No, oh, like not kids, up here. Does he go to school? No, we don't do that up north. Oh, my we kids start are, later. My kids are two days in already. Up north, usually yeah. around Labor Day. Oh, yeah, I think there's, there's still a few day. weeks out. Few weeks out. Yeah, he's good. Half. Keep doing your thing, Liam, and fuck school. No, don't listen to me. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. You're, you're a family fine. program. Hey, uh, Castellanos had two homers. He hit he hit his 200th, but that was third place in terms of milestones in that game. Obviously, I would say Lorenz in one. Number two, Wes Wilson had his family there. He's 28 years old. He's a rookie. First plate appearance, dinger. Family in tears. He'd been in the minor leagues forever. That's awesome. Uh, absolutely. What a game. They showed his what a moment. dad jumping up and down, too. That was so cool. Crying. Yeah. I mean, well, think about it. You're 10 years, years or old, whatever thinking, it was in the minors. Thinking, My kid's never going to make it. And then first at bat, Yahtzee. He has, an, he has an OPS plus of 1,177, if you guys were wondering. I wasn't, but that's yeah, great. That's great. <laughs> small sample size. Small Very sample small. size. Teeny but tiny. How would you, AJ, how would you feel? If your son, his first at bat in the big leagues, I don't care if he's in the minors for seven years or not, would you cry? Would you tear up? I'm not a big crier. It's hard for me yeah. to cry. Not yet. You didn't ask me about my son, but I, I would not probably cry. Just I don't have that in me. I'm not a no. crier. I'd, yeah. be, I'd just be super happy. I'd, my wife would be bawling, but I would be not. <laughs> I, I mean, I would be very happy. Crying, though, is a, is just I don't really have a lot of crying in me. This is an unemotional studio in Orlando. Um, yes. Do you remember the last time you cried, AJ? Mm. You don't? If it's I not do. often, I figured you remember. Yeah, I've only cried a few times in all And if it brings up like something, don't, don't years. no need to say don't. it. <laughs> if it brings yeah. up something. If it brings uh, up something personal, you don't need to mention it. No, no, I honestly I funeral can't. ever. Like I've got a couple you family that, members yes, where you're at funeral. the funeral. There's been you know tears shed. Um, That's it for me. Probably 2012, 2012. Our BP thrower passed away the first series of the year during the week and we had to do a funeral to kevin hickey rest in peace he was our bp thrower and we had to do a, we did a funeral during the year and we that we were the pallbearers the players and then i had to go up and give a eulogy Oof. you want to talk on a game day you want to talk about one of the hardest things i've ever had to do in my life and i don't have a fear of public speaking at all but to go up there and you're in the church and you're standing there and you're at the pulpit and you're looking down and the family's in the front row bawling and you're, you're like, yeah, it's what not, do I say? And you, you have it kind of planned out, but you get up there and you just lose control of everything. So that was, yeah, there, there you go, Kip. You, uh, completely irrelevant to the big picture of that story, but you guys had a game later that day yeah. too, you said, did you guys yeah. win? No. I was going to say that's a hard, right. that's a tall task right there. Yeah, it was, you know, all of us were at the funeral, obviously. It was, it was, it was just, it was awful for the family and awful for, for everything. And, you know, it's still have, you know, memories of him. He was White Sox the whole time I was there and threw BP to me every day. So it was just one of the things. It was awful. Uh, on a positive note. Yeah, let's get to, back. Let's get back to that. I do have Please. a question for you guys. So if you were Wes Wilson and you made your debut and you're 28 years old and your first plate appearance, you hit a homer, would you be like, Damn, Lorenzen, you're a nice dude, and I'm really glad that we have you on our team, and this is all awesome. But could you have done that tomorrow? <laughs> Can I have my one day? <laughs> yeah. In post-game interview, it's with Lorenzen, obviously. Otherwise, it's clearly with Wes Wilson. Or is it like, whatever, I'm so happy to be here, I don't give a shit. Seriously, though, would you be like, ah, oh, could this have been one day later? There's 162 games. I picked the day when there's a freaking no-hitter. You know why you can slide under the radar. Do you want to slide under the radar? Yes. Really? If you're Wes Wilson, Absolutely. You just want nobody to know you're there. You do your job and you stay as long as you can. Remember the guy for Pittsburgh? Maggie. Uh, Maggie. He Maggie, came up and yeah. got all the fanfare and then he, 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 he heard from him since. A few days later. Double I don't life. know. What does that have to do with anything? It has the a lot to attention? do with it. Does it really? Like the attention versus just how he fills a spot on the roster? He now may not want it, but if you're a teammate almost, no, I guess you want him to enjoy it and soak that up. If you've been grinding for that many years in the minors, you want him to get his flowers on that day kind of. But I, I get it. I agree with these guys, though, that it's also it's like you want him to just blend into the background till yeah, a further, his, further date. He feels fine. He is not yeah. like 
it didn't take anything away from what he did. If if he's like an attention seeking horde or something, then maybe. But no, he's got dude. He had like he played for free yesterday. He had like fifteen people in his section. He's gonna go hang out with those people. They're gonna celebrate it. He's gonna get two hundred and fifty texts from all his teammates from Milwaukee coming up through the minor leagues. There, like he's he's tonight's to game's go. gonna be tonight's game's gonna be boring as hell to him. Oh. <laughs> Your first home run and a no hitter, and you think that's what every major league game's like—just that yeah. kind of spotlight. Uh-uh. I told you it was like it was like when I, my first game was the day Mag- when we had McGuire on. I told. Well, you my, told me that on a show my, that my first some people might not have seen. The day that. Mike, Mark McGuire mm-hmm. broke the home run record. He hit sixty-two on my first day, and I'm like, dude, this big league stuff's kind of cool. Like this that was your every first day? day. First day, I'm like, man, it's pretty cool. Big league. I told Mac, I'm like, hey, man, this is this is how big leagues are. They just Crazy shit happens every day, and then you know, then twenty years later, you're like, man, that was pretty special. That was huge, yeah. yeah. And more on that later. We'll show a little legend territory because that episode was awesome. But I just want to point out a few things. Number one, Johan Rojas was a beast in center field. He had nine putouts. <laughs> Going and getting it, dude. Gobbled up a third of the outs. Crazy. said that in the in the in his post game speech. He's like, hey, I'm just glad Johan was out there. That guy got all the balls. He was just running everywhere, like Kelly Leak style, too. Also, you know, you join a new team. He went eight innings and really saved the bullpen that day in his first start with Philly. Now you go, obviously, the complete game second time around. He works with Caleb Cotham, the pitching coach, who they were teammates, right, at some point. And also, you know, you join Real Muto, who's one of the better catchers in the league. Is there anything to any of that where all of a sudden you take a guy who's been an all-star this year and he's pitched well, and now the last two days he's pitching like he's a number one or two starter. Making Dave Dombrowski look really good. Right? Really damn good. Oh, what do you know? Dave Dombrowski does shit. Now, yeah, he, he might not think it. about five, six years from now, but, like, why is anybody thinking about five, six years from now? Who knows where we're going to be, right? Dave Aliens Dombrowski, might take Dave over. Dombrowski. Dave Dombrowski doesn't care. I mean, how, I'm just we saying. float off the end of the flat earth, Scott. We, we did a lot of complaining. <laughs> Kip, we did a lot of complaining at the trade deadline because no. there was like six, seven, a shocker, six, seven teams that did zero. And I bet you a lot of them are regretting when they watch Michael Lorenzen right now because it's not like you had to trade the entire world to pick him up. And that's a great pickup for, I mean, where were the Cincinnati Reds in the running for Michael Lorenzen? They needed Second. him. Were they? I don't know. They needed him way more than the Phillies did. It's a, it's a low-risk, high-reward trade that they made, and uh, so far, so good. I mean, let's it's about as good as it gets so far in the first two start, starts. Let's see how it pays off a little bit more down the road, though. It's a, it's a hindsight after a very good start from Lorenzo. True. And let's hear from Rob Thompson, the Phillies manager, post-game. Mike, unbelievable, bro. Two outings here, eight innings, first time, saved our bullpen, nine tonight, no hitter, unbelievable. Welcome to Philadelphia, buddy. Appreciate it, guys. Um, JT, incredible. You've got me twice. Second time, no, no. Um, they're hitting missiles, but thankfully they're just a center field. <laughs> thankfully they were all to center field, so good defense. Um, but JT, like, that's incredible, man. Appreciate you. Love you, brother. Love you guys. Thank you for being so welcoming. It means a lot. Thank you, guys. Love that. Uh, Catcher love. Catcher love, crap. Yeah, Catcher love. Very well-respected guy, too, Lorenzo. And also, I I mean, he'll tell his teammates at some point, if we get in a brawl, I'm going to kick some ass. (laughs) He's huge. Unless it's Amir Garrett. uh, True, right. That's the only guy that's got him. And one other thing, and then we'll hit our poll. Uh, he said he watched all of Nolan Ryan's no-nos growing up because that was like a big goal for him was, I want to be a starter. I want to I want to um, obviously have a no-hitter on my resume because he was a reliever for a lot of his career. And he's he's kind of said, like, he's too nice to say, like, screw that. But he wants to be a relief pitcher. I mean, a starting pitcher. So good for him. Um, visit cookiepopcandypop.com. Enter code FOULBALL for 20% off of all the goodness charging the damn mound powered by Tiza. Okay. So the San Diego Padres closed up the clubhouse for about 20 minutes after the game for a player's meeting. 
And Manny Machado, this is according to AJ Casabell, who's been on recently, covers the team for MLB. Um, Machado called the performance tonight, quote, unacceptable. He added, quote, it's all up to us. There's 26 guys in here we believe in. You've just got to play better baseball. Now, I think maybe he should have said about half of those guys have bats and they need to play better baseball. <laughs> they scored one run against the M's. M's have a good pitching staff, but like, to me, there's been many times where either the Padres don't score enough in a game or they don't score in the clutch situations, you know, or they, they don't come up in the big at-bats where there's a lot of superstars on that team. And I'm like, man, it's just not happening this year. They're losing tight games or like yesterday, 6-1 to one against, yes, Emerson Ham- Hancock in the Mariners' bullpen. I hadn't seen him before, and he's a good pitching prospect. But I just feel like this should be a top – three or five offense. What makes you feel that way? The five perennial all-stars they have at the top of their order. That'll do it. In their prime. <laughs> yeah, in their prime. This, and they're I think mostly having good offense. individual years, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. You're in the majority to think that this offense, uh, which, I mean, goes to show that's baseball. It's You can't just write in the line and expect it to work out every single time. It's, the season's too long and guys going out of uh, slumps and streaks, but um, Melvin, and you're writing that lineup. You you would think you'd be getting more than one run or uh, some of the runs that they've been putting up each game. So I think this falls in the offense a little bit. Machado out of the superstars might be having the most down year of them, right? Well, Juan Soto's having a really good year. Remember at the beginning, everyone was kind of like, "What is wrong with Juan Soto? He's having a good year." Kim is having a good year. Kim's having a great year. Yeah. Oh my god! Sanchez came out of nowhere, having a good year. Machado. Cronenworth's been okay. No, Cronenworth's been bad. Okay, I'm giving him credit. Okay. Yeah, but he's also not the superstar. Like he's not expected. Tatis has been Tatis. So do you know what Manny Machado's OPS plus is when we know league average is 100? 105. 111. Last year, 157. I mean, he's usually had a chance at the MVP. Right, but it lasts three years: 157, 131, 160. 111. This year, league average league average is 100. Yes. Right. Okay, so there's an old saying Ozzie Gian used to tell us all the time, and I still think it ranks true right here. Winners win, losers have meetings. Because if you're <laughs> winning, you ain't having no damn team meeting. And if you're losing, you're having a damn team meeting. So you can say whatever you want about who's – I don't know whose fault it is, but you, you look through their numbers, no one can figure it. They're plus, they're plus 56 run differential, which is supposed to be 63 and 52. They've lost four in a row. They're 55 and 60. And their acquisitions they've gotten haven't done anything since they've brought them over. The pitchers have struggled. The hitters have struggled. But it wasn't like they went out and traded for Max Scherzer or Justin Verlander. Rich Hill is serviceable, right? Yeah, but Snell, Darvish, like they've got enough star power. They don't need more. But Darvish hasn't been – I mean, he's been okay. Darvish did, you know, he did fine. Snell's been great. He's one of the best pitchers in the game right now. Snell's been great. Musgrove. Musgrove's out. He's hurt though. But he's been he's he was really good when he was in. Yeah, it's it's like it's weird because you look at their pieces and their pieces should work, but their pieces for some reason don't work. And and this is the chemistry conundrum that every baseball team goes through is how do these pieces not work together? What are we missing? What do we need? And if someone knew the answer to that, they'd be a hell of a GM. True. Yeah, Darvish is Darvish has a weird career, I will say. Because he's had plenty of seasons where he's below average on ERA+. plus. Like, you think he's better than he is when you look at him. And last year, he was pretty good. His stuff is, well, he's 10 a, years ago was the best stuff I've ever seen. Really? Oh, my God. When I caught him, it was um, it was like, this dude should never give up a hit. But why did he? Because of Because he would fall behind, and yep. he tried to strike everybody out. Mm-hmm. He's changed a little bit, and he's throwing more fastballs. Like, the whole thing when I was in Texas, and they are like, please get him to throw more fastballs. And I'd be like, fastball. He'd be like, Slider, 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 cutter, cutter, slider, slider. And I'm like, dude, we got to throw some fastballs. Because eventually what happens is when he would face good teams, they wouldn't swing at the sliders. Now, bad teams he could mow through. But the good teams would just take them, and then he gets behind, and then he has to throw that get-me-over slider, and guys would whack it. I'm going to – I'll give you – he got his strikeouts. He threw 100 pitches in five innings. Okay, so in 2019 with the Cubs, 398 ERA. I'm going over his seasons where he pitched a lot, right? Um, seasons where he had over 100 innings, right? 2019, 
2021, 422. 2022, 310. This year, 419. He's more of a closer to a four ERA guy than he is a three ERA guy in the past four or five years. So you're getting an average pitcher. He's they just a, he's signed a, him to a, what, a big deal. Signed him a big deal, but he, he's been pitching mostly like a like a four, fourth starter, right? Four ERA. You Darvish you isn't why they're four and a half games out. Well, why? Why? What's going on? Why can't they consistently either put a win streak together? And why does it feel like it, to me the run differential? And you know, I I hate run differential. It feels like. They'll win a game. You know, they'll lose a tight game to the Cardinals, like 4-3. Then the next day, they beat them 10-1. Then they'll lose another one, like 2-1. to one. You're, you're like, what, what is this offense? That's, that's what it is to me. I know they've had bullpen issues. They've had their bench has been crap. But to me, I look at the superstars. I'm like, Mookie and Freddie can carry the team the whole year. And then you've got the role players. Why is that not happening in San Diego? Again. Well, crickets. Yeah. yeah. Welcome Again. to baseball. Yeah. Chemistry. I mean, chemistry, the parts don't fit. It just, it's just, it's a weird thing, baseball. It's really weird. I mean, why people look at certain teams before the year and say, man, this team should win the World Series. And then they, they don't make heard? the playoffs. It, it's, happened. it's not like this is the first time this ever happened. No. It's they play poorly late times. in games, too. They've had bad base running mistakes, untimely defensive errors. Bullpen issues. Bullpen issues at bullpen the wrong moments. usage issues. I think some people, I don't think people would argue that if you said, I mean, Bob Melvin's a really good manager, but there's been times where people have questioned his bullpen usage. Not us, but other people. He's had a down year. I think managers can hey, have a down as year. As Paul Canerco used to say, even managers have bad years. Yes, I, I agree with that. I think that's an underrated thing, actually. Some managers don't push the right buttons every year. Have we heard have we heard stuff about chemistry? Like you kind of you guys kind of glazed over it. I mean, every time I've heard something, we have somebody on the next day and they're like, no, and I mean, yes. no, no team, no. Even with like the White Sox, nobody was saying it out loud until they went away. It's hard, you know, guys. Know when you're in there, it's hard, man. You better be a, you better be a, be okay being hated by 24 other dudes if you're going in there. If you come out while you're playing there and say, "Man, this place sucks," man, these guys are a bunch of assholes. <laughs> like you're gonna have you're gonna have 24 dudes waiting for you. Yeah, didn't Ken mention? We can ask Ken. He mentioned at one point that he'd heard some things, but had nothing that he could like confirm with with multiple sources. So you know, Ken, he's not going to report something yeah. um, without guys telling him on the record, even if it's anonymously. So let's step aside then. Let's Ken's ready to go. So we'll swing back on stadium with the great Ken Rosenthal, our insider, joining us next on FT Live. We'll ask him about that. We'll ask him why the Baltimore Orioles are trying to reject or <laughs> swipe the whatever the wrong way is on Camden Yards, which is insane to me. We'll get to Philadelphia. He thinks Philly's soft now. A lot of good stuff. Good heat from Ken coming up on Stadium. And use the discount code FOUL, F-O-U-L, for 20% off your first order at TizaEnergy.com. If you're a dipper, get off of it and use Tiza. If you're not and you want energy without any of the BS, Teases where you got to go. Ken Rosenthal joining us right now on Stadium. Ken, how you doing? And I mean, I want to start where we just left off with the San Diego Padres because I wanted to make sure I don't misquote you. Obviously, you're on here a lot. Did you say at one point earlier this year that like you've maybe heard some things where the clubhouse is not great, but nothing that you could truly report? I've heard various things about that clubhouse throughout the season, up, down, this, that. I don't know exactly what's going on there and what has gone on there. I saw Juan Soto's quote from last night, basically saying they quit on the series. I'm paraphrasing. It wasn't exactly that way, but that's essentially what the gist was. They've had a number of team meetings, player meetings, players only, and it just seems that for whatever reason, they cannot get it going. Now, I can say this with some confidence, having covered a lot of losing teams in my career when a team is losing, when it's going through what the Padres are going through, underperforming, well below expectations, there are going to be some things going on in the clubhouse. So I'm confident there are some things going on in the clubhouse. I just don't know exactly what they are. Okay, so let's swing it to Philadelphia. Uh, main event from last night. Michael Lorenzen with the no-hitter. And we can get to the trade component in a moment. But let's start with 
one part that I left out from the top because I wanted to save it for you because you've talked about it on Fair Territory and wrote about it in The Athletic. Are Philly fans getting a little soft? Like, they suddenly love their ball players. You're new. You're struggling. Let's standing ovation for this guy. And Lorenzen pointing it out, pointed it out. He's like, I've never seen a crowd like this. And he referred to the Trey situation from the weekend. Well, on Fair Territory and in what I wrote today, I was having a little fun. So let me give you some background. I went to school in Philadelphia, and I also worked there, or actually right outside, which is where I lived, in South Jersey for a couple of years. So I've got a good familiarity with the city. And what I wrote was, when I was in school, once drove to the vet, the old vet, with New York plates, going to a Giants-Eagles game, and people were throwing stuff at the car. Early in my career, I covered a game, one of the first baseball games I ever covered for my paper in New Jersey, they sent me on the day that Mike Schmidt took the field in a shoulder-length wig and sunglasses because he had told a Canadian reporter that the Philly crowd was a mob scene, uncontrollable, beyond help. So those quotes came out. He knew he was going to get heat, and he took the field like that. So what I wrote was, that's the Philly I know. This Philly with giving standing ovations to a struggling $300 million player, that is a bit out of character. Last night, much different. Guy's throwing a no-hitter. Of course, the fans are going to be on his side. But I was just having fun with it. And hey, I even go back to last year when I wrote that I didn't think firing Joe Girardi would solve the Phillies' woes. Obviously, that was proven wrong. Philly fans, from the moment that came out through the end of the World Series and to this day, Still give me grief about it. All well and good. Hey, they were right and I was wrong. So the Philly I know is this rough and tumble, demanding place. And now it seems to me it's a little softer. Ken, the trade obviously for Lorenzen pays off, but they did it last year. They made some smaller moves that that got him to the World Series. Is Dave Dombrowski not getting enough credit as the GM that can go into an organization Yes, he destroys the farm system, but he also gets you to World Series, and he's won a few. From the Marlins, he didn't win in Detroit, but the Phillies he got there, the Red Sox, right? He's Is he the best at this, and does he deserve more credit, or, or are Philly fans going to be booing him soon? Actually, AJ, it seems to me that he gets a lot of credit for doing just what you described. He can get a team to where it wants to be, whether it's the playoffs, the World Series. Obviously, the World Series title is the ultimate goal. He is excellent at that. He knows how, in the words of one of his former assistants, how to top off a team. And he does that at extremely high levels. He is a winner. Now, yes, it can disrupt the farm system. That's sometimes the price you pay. But if the goal is to win the World Series and you want to hire one executive today, I would say that Dave Dombrowski would probably be the guy you hire. I would expect that he's going to the Hall of Fame, and deservedly so. So... Does he get the credit he deserves? Maybe not, because GMs generally don't get that kind of notoriety. But he certainly deserves it, because he has done that, done it repeatedly, and won it in a number of places now. Well, Dave is technically the president, not the GM, so you can't take Sam Fold's title (laughs) away from him. Um, I apologize, Sam. Yeah, Sam's Sam's upset about that. But... (laughs) Is this how other teams should have acted at the break? Like, we call for even even Scotty B said, hey, you know, this trade deadline was kind of meh. You know, we call for these big splashes. Should teams know how to supplement? Or do you think other teams tried to supplement and they just didn't get this much immediate success out of it? <laughs> well, part of the problem was the supply of quality players was so limited. And invariably in that kind of situation some teams are going to get shut out now what's interesting about this deadline so far is that some of the teams that didn't do much have been okay the mariners traded their closer they're doing really well and then some of the teams that have gone all in the angels being the classic example they have not done okay and we've seen this variance occur and it kind of leads you to a nowhere place when evaluating the deadline some teams are better off doing what they did, and some teams are better off having done nothing or even sold. It's odd, and it's kind of hard to put your finger on. Now, the Cubs, if you look at them, they decided not to sell and went out and bought Candelario and the reliever, Kuas. 
They've done better for it. I know they just lost a series in New York, but they have been where you'd want to be as a buyer. So it's kind of hard to judge just yet where these teams are. I mean, the Padres bought and it hasn't worked. It's two weeks since the deadline, not even two weeks. Let's see how it all plays out. But there have been some odd things occurring so far. Seattle, to me, is maybe the oddest. That's a team that you trade your closer. You don't really do anything else. You would think that's a problem. Now, I know they got some guys from Arizona they liked. But yet they've continued on what really started about a month ago. It's a much better play. Cincinnati did not do enough. Well, they've paid for it. Miami did quite a bit. They were struggling for a bit. It's hard to know. Okay, so on the topic of odd, um, I'd like to take us to the Orioles and not the broadcast situation that's been covered at length on this show. Um, Is there space available at Camden Yards coming up for us to potentially rent it out and use it for FT Live or anything else since apparently that gorgeous ballpark is being somewhat rejected? by John Angelos unless they build him uh, Disneyland around it. Well, Scott, the way the situation works right now is they have a lease and it expires December 31st. They've yet to negotiate a new lease, even though at the moment that lease is completed, they are going to get from the state of Maryland $600 million. You would think that might be enough, but John Angelos, who is the managing chairman of the Orioles right now and the governor of Maryland, Westmore have talked about, both of them have talked about, doing in the immediate surrounding area of Camden Yards kind of what the Braves did in Atlanta. The problem is the land for that does not exist. And maybe you could do some little things, maybe build a garage in one of those parking lots to create more space. You have vertical garage going upward and maybe there's more room somewhere else. But it seems to me that that's a real problem. And John Angelos has been pretty clear he'd like to replicate the Battery Atlanta. He wants to do some things around the ballpark to enhance the whole experience. He wants to make money like the Braves are making money down there. I don't see, from what I've been told, how that is going to be possible. It certainly is not possible in the same way. The Battery Atlanta takes up 60 acres. There's not 60 acres around Camden Yards. It's in the middle of a city. So What he's holding out for is not exactly clear. What he wants out of all this is not exactly clear. But I will tell you this. There aren't a lot of professional sports teams in this country right now that are getting $600 million in public money and having that available to them merely by signing a lease. The Ravens had the same deal, the NFL Ravens. They signed a lease in January, I believe, long-term lease to 2037, and they got their money. For stadium upgrades, that's what the $600 million is for, ballpark upgrades. I don't know where this is going. The reason I wrote what I did yesterday is because I hear that it's not going smoothly, despite the governor and John Angelos repeatedly saying, all is well. If all was well, that lease would be signed by now. It's August. They've got till December 31st. At one point, John Angelos had said he hoped to get this done by the All-Star break. That is not happening, has not happened. And... Everyone around this situation does expect it to get done, but if you followed Angelo's family over the years, both John and his father, Peter, Peter, of course, the owner of the team for so long, he's been incapacitated since 2018, these guys can protract negotiations like few others, and it seems that that is what is going on. Okay, in your article you said, like, there's some, like, Angelos had given to Moore's campaign. I think it was Moore's campaign. Yes. And also to the Democratic, you know, kind of like a fund that also funded Moore's campaign. Doesn't there seem to be a need for a little more transparency? Or, or am I just asking for wind here? Am I, am I grasping at straws? Because it just doesn't seem like there's enough transparency ever with Angelos. But well, in like a stadium situation. In this case, Eric, I just pointed that out in the article because it shows the relationship between these two. And they have a close relationship. Now, those numbers are accessible to the public. It's not as if they're hiding them. The $6,000 that he gave to Moore's campaign is the maximum allowed under election law. So from that perspective, I don't know that anything's being hidden. But the point I made in the article is I don't know that Wes Moore is going to undercut John Angelos publicly if indeed there are problems behind the scenes, as others have indicated, when John Angelos was a campaign donor. 
Hey, Ken, do you feel like this is a trend in Major League Baseball? I've heard about this where owners are essentially jealous of the Braves. It's worked out so well. They basically buy all of the land around them. You create a mini city. And I don't know all the details here, so I could be a little off, but whatever. Um, you can take losses on buying things and take losses on the team and then split it up. There's a lot of fancy uh, business work to be done here and a ton of money to be made. So every owner's looking and going, I can create a massive new revenue stream. The Cubs have done this to an extent too, and yeah. it's a much nicer area. Cardinals. Do you feel Cardinals, yes. Do you feel like that's a trend and that's a jealous owner here? Also just seeking out an opportunity where he can perhaps not only make his franchise a lot more money on the short term, but eventually you figure hopefully he sells. The Johns both hopefully sell Fisher and Angelo someday to save us all. So do you think do you feel like that's a, a business thing going on in this sport in particular? Because you have more volume in terms of baseball games. Yes. And I don't know if jealousy is the right word, Scott, but an owner in Baltimore sees an owner in Atlanta doing what he's doing or what they are doing. It's a Liberty Media entity that owns the team. And sure, they want to duplicate exactly that experience because it does create a lot of revenue. And in Baltimore, I will say this for John Angelos, he does have a feel for the city, does have a desire to make the city a better place. And it's gone backwards a little bit downtown in recent years. And that's part of his motivation. There's no question about it. But does he want to make money? You bet he wants to make money. And you mentioned the Cardinals. They've done it. The Red Sox have talked about revitalizing the area around Fenway a little bit, if I'm not mistaken. All teams would love to do this. Sometimes it's achievable. Sometimes it's more difficult. It just seems to me from the people I've spoken with that around Camden Yards, unless you give the Orioles those parking lots to build on, which the state is not going to do, the Ravens have rights to those parking lots as well. I don't know how this gets done. Ken, question for you, because we're talking about this, and uh, I live in Chicago, so I'm familiar with Wrigleyville and all the, the bars and stores around uh, Wrigley that the Ricketts family has put up. A lot of, and this could be just a rumor, uh, this is just kind of fans that I hear talking or friends who still go to games and stuff, when the pandemic hit in around 20 and all those years where all those bars were closed and not making money, do you think that, how much of a effect do you think that had in the Ricketts decision to maybe, hey, not not extend these guys right now or we can't afford to to pay these big contracts and we're going to rebuild for a few years because also I've been losing money on all the bars and everything around there too? Well, at the time during the pandemic, I believe, or maybe shortly after, Tom Ricketts was quoted as saying the losses that the Cubs sustained were biblical. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Biblical. yeah or, just, or just him. Right. The Cubs are doing just fine. All yeah. major league teams now are doing just fine. You cannot promote how much your attendance is up every week, which baseball is doing, and rightly so, and say that the sport is in financial trouble or that you're in financial trouble as an owner. No one is going to buy it. No one should buy it. No one ever should have bought it. At the same time, it has influenced the way teams have operated, and certain teams are not as willing to spend anyway as much as others. And I'm Excluding Cohen from this conversation because he's on another level. The Cubs are in a position where they've kept their team together. They've added to that team. And now in the offseason, they will again be under scrutiny because it is time for them to go forward. Time yep. for them to take the next, next step to becoming not just a contender, but a potential World Series team. And Bellinger will be one benchmark there, but he's a Scott Boris client. And we know that most Scott Boris clients, if not the vast majority, generally go for the highest dollar figure. And maybe the Cubs don't have that. Maybe the Colorado Rockies bid $1 more, and that's that. Could happen. But if not Bellinger, if not Stroman, then who else? And there are other free agents, not so much on the offensive side, but certainly on the pitching side, that will be available. Ken, let's just say this goes nuclear in, ba in Baltimore, okay? And somehow, some way, this doesn't happen, which I feel like this is – one of the biggest stories we're talking about for no reason, because there's no way it doesn't, they don't sign some sort of a lease. Where do the Orioles play? This is all. This is why I think it's all bullshit. Because the Orioles aren't going to play somewhere else. They're well, going to play in Camden Yard, so they're going to get a lease signed. So I feel like we're talking about this. Were they not going to play in Baltimore? They got no, nowhere else did. to go. So it feels like to me the city has all the power. Not only does the city have all the power, they're holding and saying – Oh, Angelos, you guys are super greedy. You want every dollar. You won't pay your players. Here's $600 million. 
where you give you. I, I feel like this is all the Angelos is saying, no, we want more. We want more because we're the Angeloses and we deserve more. Screw that, dude. If I'm Baltimore, if I'm the Maryland governor, I'm like, okay, call my bluff and go play somewhere else and get back to me. AJ, I'm glad you raised that point because in the article, I believe it was the second paragraph, I said no one expects them to leave. And let me preface all of what I'm about to say with this comment that because of the Colts leaving in 1985, that city is still kind of scarred. Now, younger people don't remember, of course, it's almost 40 years ago, but I worked there for a long time and that is always on people's minds. So that is why this gets people nervous, fans nervous. But at the same time, there is almost no doubt that they will stay in Baltimore. The commissioner, Rob Manfred, has said repeatedly, he said it at the winter meetings and he said it again at the All-Star break, that team is not leaving. John Angelos has said this team is not leaving, that Fort McHenry will be standing as long as this team is here, something along those lines. They're not leaving. And I agree with you. Your basic point, he lacks leverage. I don't see where he is going to be able to stomp and kick his feet and raise heck and get what he wants here. He may get some of it because it might be in the cities and states' interest to develop that area if they can do it. But absolutely, he is really operating without much leverage. And that's going to factor into this whole thing. And ultimately, I agree with you, AJ, it's all talk right now, it's all smoke. But the fact that we are less than five months out and there's still no lease, well, it's a story for sure. And you wonder just exactly how this is going to turn out. Yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, one comment from our, our chat. TJ said, Cardinals, Braves, Cubs, they're real estate companies with a baseball team. It's clever. <laughs> good line. Every team, listen, I think every team you ask. They want to be if they're they not. They all want to be it. You think? I can, listen, I know for a fact the White Sox would love to develop around whatever it's called now, guaranteed rate field. Yeah, there's but a lot of nothing because around of, there. But because of the way it's zoned, they can't. Yeah. There's so many hurdles you have to jump over. And the Braves were smart. We, were, we played in Turner, and they're like, our fans are in North. Most of them drive through the city. Oh, there's, what is it, 60 acres they bought? And they paid yes. for it yes. and said, we're going to take these 60 acres and make what we want. They built and a city, they, and it's awesome. Then so, the, Cardinals, the Cardinals and then the Cubs have done a great job with what the, the land they had. Mm -hmm. So give these teams credit. Yeah, the other owners are jealous. Why? Because they didn't fucking think about it. You're right. You're right. And for everyone else, because we got to go, um, you can Google Artie Moreno and uh, what he tried to do out there. <laughs> Have a good time with that. Ken, great to talk to you. A little biz talk this week. I like it. We'll catch you again uh, next week. Thanks, guys. Thank you. That was fun. I like that. I mean, I, I you know, worked for the league for a long time. I never get to talk like that. So it's cool to go over the business side of what's going on here. You know, you're an Orioles fan. You should know what this business is made of. Bear Territory with Ken Rosenthal every Monday on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, if you want to listen to it. It is fantastic. Make sure you uh, give a little watch on YouTube. There's been a lot of controversy with the Immaculate Grid. Yeah. You had some. I had some. What was yours? Well, they so they put World Series champ. Yeah. And you put guys that were on the team, and they got a ring. Like Mike Fires. Mike Fires, Tony Cruz and the Cardinals. There's a bunch of guys. But they didn't play in the World Series. But then they went – I tweeted at them, and other people tweeted and hit them. And then they changed it to World Series roster, parentheses. Well, it doesn't make them not a World Series champ because you still got a ring. But now they clarified. Yeah, They're but you quick can't, but, to adjust. But after you've already typed it in – Then you don't get change. another guess. Yeah, you don't get you – only, you only get one shot at this thing. What would you like them to do? Be better. <laughs> They are adjusting, though. It's a new game. I understand. But start with World Series roster. Mm. It was the one about, remember the one I had I had a thing about me. It was 300 hitter. And I put my name and they said no. And then they said, oh, it has to be qualifying. Well, then they changed it back to where it doesn't have to be qualifying. So which one is it? Just be better. Just be consistent. consistent. Yes. You know, I Kratz, add minor league teams. Yeah, they will. They can do that. I mean, they can do whatever they want, and they definitely have it hooked up, like on BB Ref. The biggest problem... Minor league teams don't count. What do you mean? You can have a minor league immaculate grid? You can, for no, people that are into that. If you Why played not? in that organization. No. It's big leagues, bro. Okay, so the one other problem that had that I had, Kratz, so we, we put 
the grid that we did, it was the day I was with Brock Holt and Adam Jones last week. Okay. We put it up on like TikTok and in Instagram and all these spots. And it got a lot of hits because there were also a lot of complaints from people in the comments like, oh, Braun's a, a phony. He's cheating. I'm like, dude, we're playing along with our YouTube chat. They're like, that defeats the purpose. They're all looking it up. I'm like, oh, you could say that about anyone. Someone could show up in the clubhouse and say, oh, I got the best score ever. And we don't know if they looked so, it up or not. So you're saying you don't trust our FT fans that are playing along with us? You know what I'm saying? And then they're like, oh, you should do it on your own. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Is this costing you money? It's a game for fun. Don't tell me the fucking rules. Dude, somebody hit me on Twitter. It was like, we, we do this with my friends every day. And we have a bet on it. And he comes up with these crazy scores. How do we prove he's cheating? I'm like, well, unless your ass catches him cheating, you you just got to believe him or don't be friends with him. I or mean, don't play for money. Yeah, just yeah. play for fun. This is one of those situations, Kip, where like somebody could be looking up. You could be getting all, all your friends in middle school like, oh, they come in, they're going to do it at lunch. And the dude already looked at it at eight in the morning. That's no, not that serious. It should be just for fun. Thank you. I mean, some angry trolls on TikTok. Being like, you guys are cheating on the grid. Shut the fuck up. It's a fun game. I thought that was ridiculous. Plus, it's offensive. I'm backing up our FT fans, and they'll they'll say it right now. You know who you are in the chat that played along with us in the grid last time. That's offensive to them. They're playing along with us, and they're looking they're we, they're looking at us, and they're giving us options. Did you, know? you guys ever play Words with Friends? Not me. Yeah. yeah. So we used to have a big thing with a team, I'm not going to call the team or the, cause some people will be able to figure out who it was. I'll just say I had a games with coaches, a coach, a certain coach. And I walked in into the, into the coach's locker room and I could see over his shoulder on his iPad and he was on a cheat, cheat app. <laughs> and I was like, what do you got there? Oh, this isn't our game. This is uh, my other friends. We we're allowed to use that uh, cheat app. Uh -huh. I'm like, Oh, and you played against him. And I'm like, yeah, that was, I think that was the last time I played against him. Cause That'll I was do like, it. dude, Come on. And I'm not Were you guys betting on it? We had, you know, dinners and stuff over like, you know, we do like 10 games or whatever. Friendly wagers. Yeah, just yeah. nothing, nothing major. But still, it's like even even if we weren't betting on it, like, come on. Like, what what do you get out of it? Steak well, I dinner. Beat, I beat him in words <laughs> with friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yay. <laughs> Steak medium dinner. Rare, medium rare yeah. T-bone is and, what I get out of it. And also, was this a manager or a coach? Some I coaches see. do not get compensated very well i i said coach so ozzy's not playing words with friends it wasn't it wasn't spanglish with friends it's starting to make sense <laughs> <laughs> it's starting to make sense to coach you know what i'm saying yeah i mean come on dude i mean listen if a player takes a coach out he's buying the player's buying dinner every time anyway it's not like the coach is buying dinner even if you don't take him out you see him at the restaurant yeah. you better buy him dinner yeah i mean that's how players do things, Scott. Oh, I, I get it. Trust me. I'm very gracious. I buy dinner for a lot of my friends and fam. A lot of that was kind of an un, that was kind of an unspoken rule, or maybe you got spoken. You buy the if you see the coaches out, you buy them a drink and you leave. Wasn't that the You can't be in the same place. Yeah, you gotta leave. So if they come in there, you you buy them a, a drink and see ya. Is that true? That's yeah. it was just Umpires. like yeah. Yeah. Umpires too? Don't hang out with umpires. Yeah, no, I'm saying you buy him a drink, though. <laughs> you buy him and a then drink. you definitely leave. Is that allowed? Off, off the record, you buy them a drink. On the record, you're. I don't think where Scott was going. I don't think you're. They're not allowed to take gifts or accept gifts or what is whatever the rule is. Oh, it's just like oops. I've gotten so many umps drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why I'm you got to leave. Say that. I'm, I'm, say trying that. To, I'm trying to cover fast for AJ, but I, <laughs> I didn't say <laughs> that. I did not say that. <laughs> There's nothing like a hungover ump. Yeah. Wait, wait, how many no hitters did you catch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mark Burley apparently bought Eric Cooper. God oh. rest in peace. Because he did his no hitter and his perfect game. And they had the after same the fact, number. and he was number fifty six, and it was the same time, and it was the same. Mm. It was like unbelievable. I'm gonna have to watch that back on replay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, while we have a sec waiting for Max, um, let's get to the Dodgers. They've been on a run, and I want to specifically point out a tweet that I saw from Bob Nightingale that I want to make sure we don't overlook. He said Dodgers are quite encouraged by the progress made by starter Walker Bueller. Remember him? and reliever Blake Trinan and fully expect them to make their season debuts in September 
and be part of their postseason roster. Dodgers could be quite scary in October. That's big news. If Walker Bueller comes back, even as a multi-inning guy, I mean, I know yeah. you're coming off TJ and all of that, and trying to obviously has had really good times as a reliever too. So those are good lottery tickets. They look good anyway. They don't necessarily need them, but that's a nice bonus to have come playoff time. The, the problem I have, and, and Kip, you know, when you, and Kratzy, when you make deep runs in the postseason, you need guys you can count on. So for Walker Bueller even to be a long inning guy, because we they don't they're not going to know what his recovery is going to be. So like say he throws three innings, he might need ten days, and then they're playing a guy short for the no. I, I'm just saying you don't know. What if he comes back September 5th and then he gets a whole month and he builds up and he's basically good to go? Then great. But what happens if he's sore? Then you don't pitch him, or you put him on the IL, even in the playoffs, and then you bring up a different pitcher. It happens all the time. Okay, I'm just saying it's it's it's, it's a question mark. Trinan's more because he's a one inning guy, so he's more of a, a, a thing. But they're not going to say, "Hey, Walker Bueller, go close." They could, but no, I know I mean, what you're they saying. could, but they're yeah. not right. So they're, they're going to have to handle that well because what AJ's saying is you're going to really want to have Walker back, but you're going to have to monitor how reliable he is and not ruin the chances of him being back the following year. You don't want to re-injure him right away just because you're trying to rush him back for this year. The good news to me, Kratz, is that we're talking about this for the Dodgers, and if neither of them end up recovering the way they want to and they're not ready really to contribute down the stretch, they still could win a World Series. For me, (laughs) we're talking about Hunter Green and Nicoladolo coming back for the Reds in my mind, to save them. And I know I'm picking on the Reds a little bit right now, but I'm, I'm, it's just starting to come to the surface where I'm like, damn, they needed more pitching depth. I mean, we're going to talk to Max Scherzer soon. The Rangers went and picked up four real legit pitchers. And they also didn't necessarily need all four of them to be a playoff team and a World Series contender. But that's what you do. Yeah. You, you need to look at what the, you know, did the Phillies need extra pitching? Did the Rangers need extra pitching? Did everybody needs extra pitching? And if the Rangers picked up four dudes, like the Reds weren't – I can't say they weren't in on them, but you have to – I don't know. I just – I believe I believe the rule, the moves they made proves that somebody making decisions in the front office doesn't think, eh, maybe we're not as good as we think we are or as good as other people think we are. It was a great, it was a great excuse deadline. Number one, there's not that much quality on the market. Michael Lorenzen looks pretty good. Eduardo Rodriguez the other day looked pretty damn good, and he only had a limited no-trade list. Could have gone to a bunch of other teams. Uh, You get all the aftermath afterward. Apparently, some GMs were saying, oh, the Tigers asked for too much. But every GM says that when they... When they don't make a deal? Yeah. Oh, they're asking for too much. It's always asking for too much. It's not too much if you want the player bad enough. You Mm -hmm. go get him. Yep. You think when the Padres went and got Juan Soto and they gave up 12... They have a whole minor league team. They're like, well, we don't want oh, – they're asking for too much. We don't want Juan Soto. Screw that. They're like, Mackenzie Gore, see you. C.J. Abrams, see you. The rest of those guys, see you later. We want Juan Soto. If you it's want a public statement enough, to save face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they, they, have, they have to say it. Dave Dombrowski. The Phillies, the Phillies gave up Ho-Yo Lee. Ho-Yo Lee. Their fifth, sixth prospect in their, in their organization for Lorenzen. Nobody knew Lorenzen was going to go – you know, eight plus innings in his two outings, a no hitter, and you know, be what he is right now. No, but Lorenzen would have helped that rotation in Cincy. Montgomery would have helped that rotation in Cincy, and some may say, "Oh, they wouldn't trade in the division." That's trash. Cardinals would have traded with anybody that was willing to make a move. And I bet, I bet teams were calling the Reds and being like, "Hey, look, we got some players because we know you have some players." We want some of your players for our player who's going to be a free agent. Yeah, the division thing is overrated to me, yeah. especially on a rental, nonetheless. You know, the, the Mets and Marlins made a deal with David Robertson. We get that a lot from our fans. They'll the be like, oh, they won't make that deal because they're in the division. I'm like, okay, there's a difference between Artie Moreno, Otani, Dodger conversation and David Robertson and Jordan Montgomery and guys like that. Well, here's my thing. The Angels, they obviously are going for it. They, they tried to go for it. Yeah. They got Giolito and Lopez from the White Sox. You look at it two ways. One, they gave up a lot to get them. If you're White Sox, you're like, man, look how, look how great of a deal we made. We got these two guys back. 
And then if you're an Angels fan, you're like, maybe these guys were overhyped, meaning the prospects sent back. So it, there's two ways to look at it because at the end of the day, nobody really knows what's going to happen. Nobody knows for a fact. Unless you're trading established big leaguer for a straight established big leaguer, you just never know. Injuries, shit happens. There's just things that happen. Guys don't pan out the way they're supposed to. I mean, how many times have we seen uh, – who was it? I think Bob Nightingale or somebody did the – whoever did the tweet about percentage of guys that are traded that end up being – Big leaguers? Big le- not big leaguers, but like impact big leaguers. And this, it's very small. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very, very small number. What about, think- what about the Real Muto trade? Real Muto trade. That looked like with Sixto Sanchez, they were like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be unbelievable. Now we're – Four years out, the Phillies have been to the World Series. Real Muto is, last year, was the best catcher in the National League. Like, that was in the division. They went for it. Now look at them. Like, I don't understand why teams don't look at it and say, man, this is a guy. I We need him for the team. We need him for this team. And the Reds are primed for that. The Orioles are primed for that. And they did the same amount of no hitters as I've caught. Nothing. And you're right. And no, the Orioles got Flaherty. Yeah. And Fuji. Fuji and Fuji. Fuji. So, yeah. Fuji. No, it wasn't as much as we thought. We definitely were critical of them. But it's at Flaherty's least. Flaherty's been great, though. Flaherty's been great. Right. And it's Flaherty, at least one step better than quote. the Reds and Giants. Did you see Flaherty's quote? What? Last yesterday when he pitched? Yeah. No. About he couldn't hear the pitch con for the first time all year. I mean, shot across the Cardinals fans. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, uh, first time all year, I couldn't hear the pitch come. Wow. You think he'll uh, re-sign with St. Louis in the offseason? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) That never I mean, what, Aroldis Chapman's like the only time that's ever happened? Yes. Not the only time, but it's rare. The the one other name I'll bring up is is Davey Garcia. The Yankees wouldn't deal him for a while. Davey Garcia, he was DFA'd recently. Kratzy, you... You played with him, right? Or you at least yep. spent time with him in spring or something, right? I played – I caught his debut in the big leagues in oh, 2020. Shit. Like, that was that was my eho. Like, they, they didn't want to trade him because they felt like there was so much upside for him. And now he's DFA'd. I think that's – I think watching him pitch recently just this year, it's been, you know, they, they needed they, – they did him wrong in the organization as a sense of the coaches they had – to coach him through being a 20-year-old in the big leagues. Um, but, yeah, it's a prime example. A guy that could have traded for whatever the Yankees needed. It would have been a big piece coming off the years he was having in the minor leagues. Didn't do it. Now anybody can have him. Let's shout out our good friends that hook us up with the sweetest shades in the biz. Yes. Shady Rays, who we are excited to be partnered with. Do you want – World-class products without paying your ass off. These are your guys right here, okay? If you like what you're seeing right now, but you feel like you shouldn't be paying at ridiculous prices for polarized sunglasses that look good, that give you all of the style, all of the protection from the sun for your eyes. This is where you need to be looking. Plus, it's not just about how you look, but how you're treated, which is important here with FT and with LT and with everything that's a part of the foul territory group is if you have a problem like you lost or broke your shades, we don't need to have a whole talk show about it, okay? I like how AJ is really contributing here. <laughs> I'm just looking good in my shady rays. Oh, now that I took them off, I can contribute. Thank you. Actually, I liked what you were doing. Just just shaking your head, agreeing with everything I say, which is rare. I'll go back to that. <laughs> but if you lose or break a pair, even on day one, they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. That is part of the lost and broken replacements plan. And also, Shady Rays has a great setup for receiving shades and maybe you're not into them within the first 30 days cool return them they'll get you something new or they'll refund what you've got so lots of ways to be taken care of by the best in the biz shady rays and we want to remind all of our watchers listeners that you too can be 
like AJ Prusinski. Shady Rays is giving out their best deal this season at ShadyRays.com. Use the code FOUL, F-O-U-L, for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. The Shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Let's bring in our Sheffield Shuffler friend right now. Um, Chef, how we doing, man? Good to see you. No, you're out. He's out. Oh, maybe maybe he'll go. Knew that was going to happen. He's out. Great first impression. Why would you come on with that hat? And the shirt I can get with, but the hat is not. The good. It's a nice hat. You would you would think someone who's being authentically themselves, you would appreciate that, regardless if you <laughs> like it or not, right? Joe West is always authentically. Hell Joe yeah! West. Does Joe West get royalties on that shirt? Don't show him. Not through me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me get your comments on this, just because I'm sure you know your fan base covers a lot of different sports, right? We're we're baseball centric here, so on Shohei Otani. We don't know much, but I do know one thing. He has continuously said he wants to win. If if you're him, and that's the number one thing on your mind, and I present you what the roster looks like the next few years, what the farm system looks like, and don't think that some marquee free agents don't do that. They do their homework, many of them. He's going to be like, no, this is not it. Chef? Yeah. Was that a question? I, I didn't hear yeah, the question. Yeah, that was your question. <laughs> Sorry. I thought okay, you could... here, I'll answer the question. Yes. Why are you have a Cubs hat No, no. <laughs> if you're him, like, why would you – I can't come up with a reason why he would re-sign with the Angels besides, oh, I'm comfortable there. I mean, we've seen players do that, right? Not to name any names, but there are definitely players who stay uh, on the West Coast just because they might be comfortable. He's I mean, seen and... what it looks like to go for it, so – there's a and, lot of other teams on the West Coast. And Kranty, like, <laughs> like you were mentioning too, like there's a family aspect. Like maybe you're set up and you're comfortable there. Who knows, you know, if that's important to him, if that's a part of his uh, his future. So I, I think that goes into it as well. Now, are you a Cubs fan or you're just wearing the Cubs? So I'm born and raised in Chicago. I just moved oh, okay. to outside of Philly two years ago. So that's why I assimilated to the culture and I had the Phillies hat on. So that's a little bit of my backstory. Okay, so I've got two topics I want to hit with you. Number one, on the Cubs. Do you like that they said, screw the critics like me. We're going to actually trade for a guy, and we're going to be better than you think. And they're playing that out, and I was completely wrong at the moment. Yeah, I mean, what fan doesn't want to see that, right? I mean, whether you believe it or not, at least you're going for it, right? I mean, um, people criticize uh, the Yankees because they didn't really do too much at the deadline. And it's like, what are we doing? Are we going for it? Are we not? So as a fan, that's that's absolutely what you want to see. You want to see this young roster performing, overperforming, um, you know, outdoing their expectations. So as a fan, you want to see that whether you believe in it or not. I mean, as a Cubs fan, you are – a what do they call lovable losers, right? Like we're a helpless romantics. Like we're like, yeah, we got a shot. We can do it. So it's always, there's always some kind of belief there. All right. You said you're assimilating yourself to the Philly, to the Philly area wearing the Phillies hat. How hyped is this area right now with all that happened at the bank last night? Not yes. just a no hitter, everything. Yeah, that's what I want to talk to you guys, obviously, about as well as the no-hitter. But this area, I mean, you can't go to a Wawa without people saying, like, yo, go birds or go fills. I mean, this area is very excited for – I mean, I made a video that said this town right now is the best sports town, okay? I went to the Eagles practice. There's 50,000 fans there. The, the bank is sold out every night. You got, you know, a guy who plays his first major league game hitting a home run. I mean, there's a buzz around the city, and especially in a city that's so – for their teams. You don't get that everywhere. So it's very special and, and you can feel it everywhere you go. Yep. Love yeah. that. Except for, I yep. got one problem. He, Philly best sports town ever. Come on. Uh, I got, I mean, right, you're, now. I, right, yeah. now. right. Okay. Right now. Chef, we got like, we got blitz with some good news. You'll like this. So we'll get you on again soon with more time. Give me one question you have for Michael Lorenzen. He's about to join us. He's going to take over your link. Oh, you nice. Um, Last night, um, I want to know what it was like assimilating to a new culture to the to the Phillies, going from Detroit to Philly. What does that look like when you're switching clubhouses and you know going from maybe like a losing culture or something with not so much excitement to the Phillies? Yeah, Chef, do you know what Wooder Ice is? Wooder Ice, yeah, yeah. We go over to Arita's and get some Wooder Ice. Yeah, they talk weird over here, man. 
<laughs> you're talking it's, about Kratz. Now those are Kratz's peoples. It's Wooder. Yeah, it's not Wooder. I mean, good people. It's Wooder. Like like wood, just Wooder. And you go down to the shore. Yeah. You can get Wooder ice down at the shore. Yeah. Yeah, I got a place down the street from me. Uh, mango, watermelon. I do usually a half and half. Mm. It's my go-to order. Mango is an absolute smacker. I did have one quick question, if, if I could get uh, AJ. Um, just speaking on the no-hitter real quickly. Obviously, AJ, you caught a no-hitter. You caught a perfect game. AJ, I just want to know, what was the size of the turd in your pants when that strike three went past you in the perfect game? <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, was he The out? size of the turd in your pants when that, <laughs> that third strike got past Wait, you in the have perfect you seen, game. Uh, do you ever watch, do you, do you watch TV or are you too busy getting water ice? Have you ever watched? Uh, have you I ever seen the show bit. Heels on? Show, I think it's on Showtime, the I wrestling haven't. show. Okay, there's a there's a scene where it's about wrestling, and this famous wrestler he poops his pants right, and during like this big match at the end of one of the seasons. So that's about where I was at, except it didn't seep through, and no one could see it. But yes, when the ball got past me in Seattle, I was just very happy that he didn't run, so I could make a nice easy throw and throw him out because yeah, I would, I, I would have really sucked. First of all, he swung. And the ball was 14 feet outside. I'm just happy I got a glove on it and knocked it down. <laughs> yeah. No, I went back and watched that just because I knew you were going to be on and uh, on the account of the no-hitter last night. So, beautiful job. Yeah. Um, Thank you, dude. Great to have you on. Appreciate you. All right. Let's slap hands. Let's do it. We got. We got to say it. We got to update the slap ins. There's Who some dudes it? at Barlow. I think is on there. Oh, he's Barlow's on there. He's not on the Royals anymore. That's okay. See, like some shows do that where they're like, "Oh, we got to update it." I'm like, "Yeah, screw it. We don't have to do it." Okay. Can we update the? Can we get a better strike? No, because you wouldn't participate in that. Dot. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, we'll be in Atlantic City. Maybe me, because I have to go catch a flight. It's going to be brutal um, to try and make rainy. it right now. Kratz hats. What do you got? Blue Jays. Beautiful. Blue Jays BP hat. This is the first year that they switched over to it. One of these days, I just found my Blue Jays minor league hats. When the minor leagues, the hats weren't weren't fitted. It was like a Velcro hat. So this is a just an epic Blue Jay BP hat. I love it. From spring um, training. So, Kratzy, I will see you tomorrow. In like 12 hours, Kate. Yeah, in person. If I make it, we'll also see Jose Trevino, who's out for the year for the Yanks, but he's going to join us. That's cool. Roddy Tellez on his way back. Kip, picked a nice day to join us, huh? He doesn't care. Kip? He gone. <laughs> Kip quit. At least freeze like the Aaron Boone. Uh, wow, what a day. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for joining us. See you Friday in Atlantic City. Hey, FT Live fam. If you're new to the party on the BetMGM Sports app, enter the promo code FOUL. F-O-U-L for up to $1,000 back if your first bet loses. It's simple. Ready? Download the BetMGM Sports app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit into your newly created account. Place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses. If the bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once the wager is settled. Gotta use the bonus code. Foul.